What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Hitting the High Notes, uh, Utah Jazz Talk or Jazz Talk, you know. Um, uh, this is I, Hootran. Uh, you know, um, usually we come up with a, a big intro, we yell a lot, we, we kind of get into it. And um, uh, we're recording this Thursday um, uh, in the middle of the NBA protests, uh, NBA players. Um, obviously walking out on games um, uh, yesterday. The NBA postponed yeah. the playoff games. Um, and um, uh, somebody hit me up on Twitter. Mr. AJ, the fit pastor, um, uh, you know, we had you on a month ago. Uh, did not know if you're gonna. I did not know you uh, at the time that you were gonna be on again so soon. But right. the social <laughs> climate being the way it is, you know, here we are. Right here we are. Um, and, um, uh, uh, I, I told you before he came on, like, this is your show, man. Like, um, uh, you said you have some stuff to talk about. You want to rag on the jazz and, um, uh, that's not really what this audience <laughs> loves, but, um, uh, we'll figure that out. But, um, uh, anyway, any, AJ, how are you? Man, I'm good. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for, you know, uh, man, give me a spot to, to talk. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think this is, um, I mean, really, um, I, I, I want you to talk cause I want to listen. I, I want to hear uh, you know, I live in Utah and sometimes it's right. hard for me. Like, I, I feel like I'm in my own personal bubble sometimes. Uh, yeah. I know there's a joke that Utah kind of is, is a, a sheltered community. And, uh, I think it's unfair a lot of times, but, um, uh, there are, you know, growing up in Utah, I, I do see, um, uh, why people say that. Um, but, um, AJ, let's just, let's get to it. Like, um, uh, what's on your mind right now? Dude, uh, what's not on my mind, you know? I think that's the, I think that's the question, you know, it's like, what's not on my mind. I, uh, I, I, you know, I recently, I recently got engaged about, uh, almost two weeks ago. Um, and, uh, shout out to my fiance, but, uh, <laughs> I was, I got engaged a couple weeks ago, man. And there was a Monday, right? So all this stuff, that was around the time I think where that where that video of Jacob Blake went viral, you know, and and everybody saw it. And Monday I'm in a three hour meeting at work. Um, usually I call my fiance on lunch. That's when we're able to kind of talk the most throughout the day before we, you know, before nighttime. Um, and she calls me, I don't answer, right? Uh, she texts me, I don't respond. And so in her mind. The worst has happened because she saw that video. You know what I'm saying? And it was crazy because not only was that bothering her, it was also something that was bothering my mother, right? You know, and so, man, it's hard to talk about that. Uh, but just knowing that those issues were bothering two of the two of the women who are most important in my life. You know what I'm saying? That's that they don't hear from me, and so their mind instantly goes there. You know, yeah, that's that, that that's scary, man. Like I'm, uh, you know, a lot of people don't have those experiences, and um, just even the last time you were on, you said things just like um, uh, how you're in your neighborhood, and um, uh, um, people look at you, and it's not because of COVID, um, uh, it's because like, you kind of stick out, right? Yeah, and um, uh, how like I told the story to a coworker of mine how um, uh, we talked and uh, you gave the experience of um, uh, how like um, uh, whenever a cop car just pulls up near you next to you like automatically you tense up like your fight or flight kicks in just yeah. having a police officer near you in in your yeah. car like even when you're you're not you're not you're not breaking the law you're not 
driving over the speed limit. That's that's uh, that's scary. And um, I saw you tweet that um, out out um, uh, after um, uh, 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 Jacob Blake got shot. Right. And um, I, I just I, I thought to myself, wow, like that's just just crazy. Like that's never in my life. You know, my parents have never had to worry about that. You know, nobody in my life has ever had to worry about. It. And that was something that happened in Wisconsin. You live in Illinois. Um, but yeah, yeah it's just it's just one of those things that like oh that's you know it it, it could happen to you and like uh, I, I saw a shirt that said I and now you know I, the shirt said something like um I sh- I hope I don't get shot for being black today yeah you know and um uh, you know that's just something yeah, like like so what were you going through uh you know after that shooting like um uh, what what was like so after you know you were finally able to talk to your fiance and your mom. Um, but like, yeah, tell me about their worries and them, uh, like what they were going through. Yeah, man. Uh, just man, their worries of, you know, my mother, she was like, I just need to see your face. My mother, we talk maybe a couple times a week. We FaceTime a couple times a week. We, we text every day, but I mean, she's, she's contacting me every day because she's like, I just want to make sure you're okay. I want to make sure nobody's decided to take your life today. Right. Uh, my my fiance and, and I, I live in a town that is. Historically racist. Like legitimately historically racist, it's 98 percent white. Um, I live I live in a town where, you know. They're. <clears throat> I've had people tell me I went to high school with like one black kid out here. You know what I mean? And that's, that's my, that's my everyday reality. That's my everyday life. And to see that, you know what I'm saying? To see that, to know that that's what I got to deal with every day. Uh, but more importantly for them to know that I got to deal with it every day, you know, uh, and know that I can't do anything about it. I can't do anything to ease their minds because I'm in a different state. That's what bugs me. You know, that's what that's what kills me is I can't I can't do anything to ease their minds. I can't do anything to make them feel better. I can't do anything that's going to make them feel like everything's going to be OK. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I I'm afraid to do I'm afraid to leave my house. I'm afraid to leave my house. Uh, I had a lunch meeting today and after that, I literally just came home and I worked from home. For a couple days because I was afraid to leave my house. You know, I, I can't my mind can't process everything that's going on right now. Uh I'm angry at everybody. And I'm hurt. Right? I'm hurt because Jacob Blake could have been me. That dude who went to Wisconsin and shot up all those people, he lives a couple hours away from me. I know the city he lives in. It's in Illinois. It's not far from me. Um, and the first thing I thought about was what if he would have came to a protest that I went to, right? What if he would have, what if he would have decided a month and a half ago that the black lives matter protest I went to, that was the one that he was going to shoot up. And I think where I get the most upset is there are people who are defending that guy for killing two people and shooting a third. But they're saying that Jacob Blake deserved to have been shot in his back seven times because he had a knife in the car. But this dude, uh, uh, this 17-year-old kid, shot 
shot up a, a group of people. Right? And 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 nothing. Nobody cared. They said he was defending himself because he got chased down. If you walk into a group of people in a threatening manner with a gun, yeah, they'll probably try to disarm you because they want to protect themselves. But for you to shoot three people and then open fire on the rest of the group and you have the and and then have the audacity to 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 calmly walk up to officers like you did nothing wrong that lets me know that nobody uh, it makes me feel like nobody in America cares about me i i that 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 lets me know that as long as I look the way that I look until something changes, it, that's going to be the new norm. That's just going to be accepted because this kid who and the New York, I think it was the New York Post, right? They 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 did two write ups. They did a write up on Jacob on Jacob Blake and then they did a write up on uh they did a write up on Jacob Blake, and then they did a write up on on the kid who 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 shot up the people, right? And 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 in one in the in the in the article on Jacob Blake, the 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 title literally said Jacob Blake had a knife in his car when he was shot by police. DOJ says, but for the gunman, it says suspected teen gunman Kyle Rittenhouse spotted cleaning Kenosha graffiti before shooting. So they're like painting this dude as a as a peaceful citizen. And he literally killed two people uh, hours later. Killed, hours later, killed two people and shot one other person. Jacob Blake, his spine cord was severed. And, and I used to work for a sheriff's office. I know the type of training law enforcement officers go through. They're not taught to shoot first. But the thing is, is I've seen so many videos. I've seen so many videos, man, where it's is if they don't look like me, I don't care if the officer is black, white, Hispanic, or Asian. If they don't look like me, that officer deals with them a little bit differently. But when they do look like me, for example, man, I I I've been in a car before, bro with a known drug dealer and he was white we got pulled over who you think i searched wow and the cop was black that the, the, the drug dealer he legitimately had a pocket full of ecstasy and he had weed in his car i had nothing but my id and a cell phone but i got searched I, 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 you know, somebody told me uh, uh, today, man, they, they, they said, and I can't believe this person had the audacity to say this, man. They go, well, you know, to me, I just see that as the cop shooting a criminal. So, so they, they just, they say, he said, he said, every, every shooting that people have gotten upset about, 
has been justified because they were criminals in some form. And I said, okay, cool. So by your logic, even though I haven't been in trouble with the law in years, even though I've beat my court cases, I, I did I did what I had to do. My warrants are clear. My I, I got a couple blemishes on my record. But because I have a small record, if I were to get shot by a cop tomorrow, he's justified because I'm a criminal. Got it. Right. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, that's that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm seeing. If you got a record, you deserve to be killed. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of what stems from that is that, you know, whoever said that to you, um, uh, I, I don't know, it's, it's a very tone deaf uh, thing to say, regardless. But um, uh, um, and people like to bring up so you know after um, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, all these like protests and everything, we go back and look at um, uh, the victim's history. I'm like, oh well, this guy did this back yeah. in whatever. I guess mm-hmm. we're we're bringing it up. And we, as a society, um, try to find them. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. Well, for some reason, they find blemishes. Uh, maybe it's to help to justify their own feelings. That you know, okay, you know, this is justified because of this. And it's it's crazy to think that because yeah, having a I have a criminal background. I I've got blemishes on my record. Uh, yeah. I, I I assume ninety five percent of people do. You know, um, yeah. you know, we, we've all done something that we've all regretted, probably. Um, uh, um, but um, uh, that's just, you know, but he he wasn't shot because he was a criminal. He was shot because um, uh, he was he's getting in his car. Right. You know, he, he wasn't shot because um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like maybe the officer saw the knife. I doubt it. You know, I, I saw the video. I mean, the this you know, Joseph Blake had his back turned to the officers. Right. Um, but even if they saw they saw that I, they saw the seventeen year old kid um, walk towards them with an AR AR fifteen yeah it's a gun whatever it is yeah uh, walked towards them and they let him walk by him like he walked towards officers with a, a loaded gun um, right and people are saying that's you know if it's, it's it's not the same thing it isn't you're right it isn't the same thing and no. yet yeah. situations are treated differently. You know, it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a different city. It was the same city. So right, and that that was the thing, the same city, same same police department. So you you can't excuse it. It's hard, man. Like like listening to you tell your stories is it's hard for me. Just like just listening because it's it it makes me feel very very and then that's what it's supposed to do. You know, you're supposed I'm supposed to, that, that's empathy, right? Like like I like a yeah. god, I feel really bad and um, you know uh. We we see this message from the NBA saying, you know what, you know the Milwaukee Bucks were like, you know what, we're gonna forfeit this game, you know, and we're not going out. And it happened in it happened in uh, the state that the Milwaukee Bucks play for. Um, mm-hmm. The NBA decides, you know, oh, okay, things are something's really happening. Let's just take it take a time out. Let's take a breath and let everybody do it. Um, and people are now, you know, there, there are people out there who are angry at the sports leagues for. I saw a comment which was just I don't know. It was the comment was great. Now there's no place for us to escape. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sports is their escape, and I'm and I'm just like, oh yeah. That the comment was to a, a Utah Jazz beat writer, and I was like, yeah, like you, you're very that, that's yeah. You, so so you understand that's the point. Like if you, we, I don't know if you were on the episode, but we talked about it before. The players um uh, came back into the bubble that a lot of players were 
not we're worried that this would this exact situation would happen. Sports yeah, would come back, would. Mm-hmm. and um, uh, people would stop talking about Black Lives Matter and the movements and uh, social injustice, police reform. All that stuff did get pushed to the back burner a little bit, right? Uh, and there's uh, there's people on on Twitter who are like, "Whoa, what are the what are these the protests or what are these um, uh, stoppages? Uh, uh, what what are these strike quote unquote strike?" Is, what is this going to accomplish? And the thing is, like, hey, guess what? We're all, we're talking about it again. Yep. So, I know I know you know the players are probably going to play again this weekend, but you know they're they're really trying to. And I, we saw Chris Webber talk about it. We saw Kenny Smith. We saw the inside the NBA guys talk about it. And yep. Chris Webber, a lot of people were dunking on just two days earlier, gave a very Somebody, eloquent yeah. <laughs> gave a very ironically gave a very eloquent um, uh, uh, passion speech about um, uh, you know uh, what this all matters and he's right like this is not going to change tomorrow you know but um, uh, just today the Baltimore Ravens put out a very strong statement mm-hmm. uh, um, baseball baseball Major League Baseball is now postponing their games the WNBA who's been you know way ahead of a lot of this um, uh, even more so than the NBA NBA's been ahead of it WNBA yep. has been um, uh, you know uh, if not with them, I'm more ahead of the NBA. Um, how do you feel about sports um, uh, taking the sleep? Uh, I feel like it's way overdue. You know, I feel I feel like it's way overdue, but I, I'm glad it's happening. You know, uh, Maya Moore, you're just talking about the WNBA. Maya Moore, she she set out the last two WNBA seasons to to work on stuff like this. You know, um, so I love I love the I love the, the, the unity, right. That that's happening. Um, I love to see it. The reason I, the reason I love to see it, man, is, is man, these, these guys are our heroes, right? These guys are the people that we look up to. These guys are the people that we admire. These guys are the people, these, these ladies are the people, uh, that we, that we, we tweet about all day, every day, right? When my when my team is winning, I let everybody on Twitter know. And, and you know, and and if my team is losing, I still let everybody on Twitter know they better than your team. I don't care if they did lose, right? <laughs> like I don't care, right? And I but 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 you want that team, you want those people that you hold in such high regard, the people you look up to, when when it even for a moment when it feels like they have your back. And they're taking a minute to just focus on the issues that we go through on a daily, right? I ain't LeBron, man. I'm not LeBron. I don't I don't have forty million a year coming in from from a Nike contract and another forty million a year coming in from an NBA contract, right? I don't I don't have that, right? But so I don't have a luxury of that right there. But even then, it's not a luxury. Sterling Brown, a Milwaukee Bucks player, he's still dealing with stuff because he had a he. Uh, I think it was him. He that got had tased. He got tased. Yeah, and then another, tased. Player, another player. Another player. Stephalosha. Oh, got his leg broke. And oh god, who? Yeah, I, I know who you're talking about with the. But I can't remember his name now. But you're yeah. right. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, like, Mo Harkless a, tweeted out a story about how he was on his way to the, his NBA uh, first playoff game. I think with the Blazers, right? With his yeah. nephews in the car, he's super excited, but. Got pulled over, and uh, cops' demeanor was very, very rude, very crass. Like, "Hey, whose car is this? Um, show me your ID registration." As soon as the cop came back and realized who it was, 
you know, just instantly turn out like, oh, sorry, Mo. Um, uh, you know, hey, good luck out there. Uh, yeah. We just yeah. we got reports that um, uh, you know, uh, there, there's some suspicious activity in this area. Saw you go a little fast there, and that that's mm-hmm. and, that, and that was the justification to get pulled over. The just quote unquote justification to get pulled over. But he said himself, he's like, you know, at that moment he wasn't NBA player. He was just another black guy driving a car, right. being exactly. pulled over. You know, exactly. Um, and okay. and it, it, go ahead, sorry. No, 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 I was gonna say, man, like at that, even in them moments, like you're still just a black dude. It doesn't matter what you do as a profession, right? No, uh, a lot of people don't know. I I work at a church, right? I'm a pastor in a town of a bunch of white people, right? But I guarantee you, at the end of it, man, I was just at the gym a week and a half, two weeks ago, right before I went to Oklahoma to to get engaged. Right before that, I was at the gym, and a cop just pulls up in front of my car and just stares at me and doesn't move. He just stares at me. And I mean, literally, it was the that was like the longest 60 seconds of my life. And in that moment, I even realized it don't it doesn't matter that this dude just watched me walk from my gym to my car. That doesn't matter to him. What matters to him is the color of my skin. Right. Because I literally just watched you walk. Watch me. I watched you watch me walk out of the gym. Nothing matters, right? For those Bucks players, it didn't matter. Their status as professional athletes didn't didn't protect them. Um, yeah, like we we have play like um, you know, there, there's a crowd out there saying, well, these players have never had to deal with it because you know, look look how much money they make. Um, and that's that's not the point. Is the thing is that like doesn't matter no, how much yeah. money you have, um, uh, you can still feel. Like I'm a, you know, they didn't always have this money, you know. You right. didn't grow up. You did, they didn't grow up millionaires. Um, it's like it's, this is the the argument people made four years ago that Colin Kaepernick never had to deal with this stuff. Why is he? You know, like he can still feel like I mean, you know, I don't care if they grew up in a wealthy family or whatever, right? Like growing up as, as a black person in America, I'm sure in Colin Kaepernick's career, even before he was a football player, had dealt with racism. At systemic racism at some point in his life, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a lot of these, like Donovan Mitchell ha- ha- has is very outspoken of the Jazz, right? Jalen Brown, uh, even Kyle Korver, uh, when he played for the Jazz a few years ago, or was, it might have just been last year. It's twenty twenty. Like I have a hard time feeling. You know, <laughs> I, I have no idea what year yeah. things have happened for twenty twenty. But um, Kyle Korver, um, uh, I think um, I think it was last year because he was uh, teammates with Thomas Cephalosha. And, you know, we talked about how um, uh, Thabo um, got abused by um, uh, police, and Corver had even talked about how he didn't really understand it. And then yeah. when he finally stopped and listened and really took it in, like like we are now, like, okay, like, he kind of changed his tune about it a little bit. Uh, I'm sure he wasn't – I'm sure he wasn't being racist, but he just didn't understand it, you know? Right. And I think that's what we're, we're missing nowadays, that people are just – they're so – quick to claim that they are not racist like i'm not racist you know i don't believe that you know but they're not they're not really open to listening to everything you know like a lot of people are oh i refuse to watch the nba because of this well that's great 
if you really want to be a hero, you would just not say anything about it. You wouldn't go on the comment boards and and go out there and shout, "Hey, by yeah. the way, they yeah. lost my viewership." Like, yeah. If, if that's if if you want to do that, that's great. That is your prerogative. Just do it. You don't have to go out there and scream about it because yeah. that's when you start. You know, you like th- th- then you're out there. You're looking for people to engage you. And you're trying to prove it happened with Russell Westbrook in Utah, right? Yeah. Uh, when Russell Westbrook got in with a fan, and a lot of comments were, "Hey, uh, I've been to X many jazz games. I have never once heard anybody be racist." And while, while that's all all and good, if just because you've never heard it, you've never experienced it yourself, does not mean it doesn't exist. It's right. um, uh, we're almost in, in, in the point where like we have to believe black men, black people. As um, uh, the same as we have to believe women when they talk about rape, right? Mm-hmm. Or when they talk mm-hmm. about um, uh, like just like their experiences, like oh, well that can't be true, uh, right? You know, and yep. it's it's hard. Yep. Um, so before you start ducking on the jazz, real quick, um, <laughs> <laughs> like um, uh, what I, I know, unfortunately, this this doesn't sound like it's going to happen. Maybe in our generation, you know, where, where things um, uh, turn for the better. But what do you hope um, uh, happens now with, that the players and the owners have have talked today? Um, what do you kind of hope that the stoppage here of the playoffs um, kind of comes out like, you know, what what could make you feel a little bit safer to leave your house uh, from not just the NBA, but from the sports world and like to something that can help change the minds of the people in this country? Yeah, man. No, great question. Um, man, so one thing that, that I really hope can happen is that uh, so as much as people who debate against Black Lives Matter and they scream all lives matter and they scream blue lives matter. So the, the people that the, that scream that um, I hope that they see our experience as our facts just as much as they see the experiences of police officers as facts. Right. So that that's what I want. That more than anything, I we uh, for 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 me as a black man in America, I want my experience, I want the experiences of my people to be seen as facts. That that's 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 what we want, right? You you base your stati- people base statistics off of the experiences of the people that they study, right? That's that's how science gets statistics. It's based off of the things you study. So learn what we go through, understand what we go through, and and then train your people based off of what you know we go through. Um, and then just listen to us. This isn't we we we're not trying to make it black lives more important. We just want black lives to to fit into the to the puzzle. I think um uh, when people say all life matters, like they're they're not wrong. There's not understanding that um, uh, for all lives to matter, black lives need to matter too. And exactly. uh, yeah, it's just I wish I was I wish I was more educated. I wish I was um, a more well-rounded person to have these type of conversations with people who are you know I I, I try to avoid the conflict. I guess I try to avoid like I know if I start talking about this like there's somebody at work who is very well. Um, uh, you know, a, a Republican, I would say she is. And uh, when I first got back to work, she would start having conversations with me. And at one point, I was just like, oh, you know what? I just need to not to talk to her about stuff like this because she will say stuff and I will say stuff and we'll just, you know, waste an mm-hmm. hour of our day. Um, 
And, um, uh, you know, then I'll hear her, the things that I hear her talk to almost everybody else in, in, at my job, I'm like, well, you know, I wish I was more educated to kind of explain my point. Cause like sometimes it's hard. It gets, it gets emotional sometimes yeah. and she'll say, say things and, you know, like, Oh, you know, I, I don't want this building burned down because my taxes are going to go. And somebody will say, well, you know, human life is more important than property. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just one of the things that we go round and round in circles, and I just mm-hmm. I wish I was more educated to kind of like here's my point, and I don't want us to get upset about it, but you know I I I I'm trying to be I don't know just listen more and try to accumulate more experiences um, living where I live, and because uh, I I have a I have a cousin who is a cop, I have a cousin you know a cousin who, a cousin who's a sheriff. In, yeah. a, in a really big city, and a cousin who is black—they're they're brothers, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, one one—you know—they're both half Asian. Um, one's half Asian, half white. The other's half Asian, half black. And mm-hmm. it's—you know—they live close to each other, and I, I'm sure that they don't think each other as bad people, but they also have different experiences. So, yeah, I think you're right. I, I hope that people—I mean, I hope if they listen to this episode, that they hear what you said. And you know maybe you know even if just one person goes you know what maybe maybe I should change my tune about this then you know what this is a victory in my book so yeah um, absolutely I mean I 100 agree so I I invite you on because like you you hit me up and you're like hey you know let's 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 uh, we got something to talk about and I said okay and I was like all right cool we, I, I, before show I said you're you're gonna talk and then you said thing about the jazz before and I was like what you're gonna talk about the jazz uh, all right because <laughs> I was in Obama, I was in Obama this podcast and you know there's not gonna be any jazz nuggets talk but apparently there's gonna be some jazz talk so uh, what what do you got to say you're, you're trying to dunk on the jazz apparently yeah nah man not really I wanted to say I've enjoyed this. Uh, Man, this series, man. Uh, watching, I actually I picked the Jazz to win to win. I think in seven, uh, I picked the Jazz in seven, seven to win. Um, because it's uh, the same reason why I think several of the series were gonna go seven games. It's a neutral court, so uh, I think anybody at any time can catch fire. Look at the the stretch that T.J. Warren had, where he was averaging like 36, 37 points a game, right? Um, future hall of famer tj warren sir all right (laughs) future hall of famer exactly right i mean (laughs) tj warren is a career 10 and 7 guy and he was averaging like 36 and 12 or whatever in the bubble some outlandish um and uh you know i mean donovan mitchell was he had two 50 point games uh jamal murray a 50 point and then the next night a 40 point um, next I had a forty-five point. <laughs> yeah, right. Like I mean, you're 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 forgetting their monikers. Uh, Instagram superstars Donovan Mitchell and, and Jamal Murray. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what's crazy is I love the environment because what was it that night that uh, was it game game one where uh, Donovan Mitchell dropped the he dropped the uh, fifty-seven fifty-seven and then. Jamal Murray, they win, but Jamal Murray walks up and he was like, "I gotta see this dude right after he dropped fifty-seven points in my face." Yeah, right. Like, and, and then um, uh, after game, remember? So you saw game four where Paul Millsap blocked him, uh, Donovan, and then uh, Donovan hit the three in his face. Yeah. Uh, the very next day, um, uh, they're in the hotel and um, uh, Paul, Mitchell, uh, Paul Mitchell, Paul Millsap, <laughs> um, uh, said he um, uh, was he got in an elevator and jazz players were there and it was very awkward for him. <laughs> yeah, he said that was such an awkward, uh, awkward time. And I'm like, yo, this is 
see, this is what I love, right? Because, I mean, it's just like anybody at any time. And don't get me wrong, like, these dudes are definitely certified ballers. They, otherwise, they wouldn't be pro. They're definitely stars in this league. Um, but to see the elevation of these guys, like, I've been saying this, and I don't think people understand it uh, but because uh, I haven't really broke it down. But I don't want the bubble next season. They've kind of handed it to having it and kind of tossing around the idea. I don't want the bubble next season, though, and here's why. Can you imagine Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson on a neutral court for 82 games? Like, yeah, um, they, they, and, they're they're all averaging 50 points. <laughs> and, and, and you know, I, I did talk to um, uh, Tony Parks and we thought the season was going to start in the bubble again next year because, you know, you know, unfortunately, COVID flu season is probably upon us yeah, again, unfortunately. Right. Um, but I think a lot of NBA players uh, don't want to be away from their families again for that long period of time. Right. right? The NBA wants to have. Like I'm uh, here in Salt Lake, you know, Real Salt Lake made news for a lot of different reasons today. But Real Salt Lake let 5,000 fans come to the game that was supposed to be played yesterday. You know, mm-hmm. so all the sports leagues are starting to have some fans come back. And the NBA right now is in, in sort of a money crunch. Yeah. Um, and so they're they're hoping. Uh, and we're seeing baseball. Baseball has had a few hiccups, right? Football, NFL, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with college football, NFL. Um, uh, uh, with their fans and, and tests and everything, but it sounds like there's going to be enough of precautions taken that, you know, having fans in the stadiums might be okay. So um, uh, yeah. this bubble thing was fun for, for this experiment to get it going, to be the first league back. Well, not the first league back, you know, shout, shout out to women's soccer and everything and everybody. Um, right. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, it was fun, but yeah, I think, you know, I think if they if they want to do a non-bubble next year, that would be um, a good way to go. Uh, so you got you got the Jazz of seven. Yeah, I got the um, Jazz of seven. I was listen, man. I'm a Laker fan, but I ain't stupid. Like you know, they <laughs> the the Jazz. I think I think the matchup really comes down to to uh, to Jokic and and Gobert. I think that that's where that's that's what will really tilt the series is is how uh, Rudy can can put clamps as much as possible, you know, how he can, how he can guard him in crunch time. Like if, if, if you let Jokic start eight for eight, what was it? Four for four from deep again? Like uh, you ain't winning in seven, but I well, think so, if you, you do uh, well against them, like you can make that, you can make that work. Yeah. Rudy um, uh, defensively has been just very, very, you know, third placey, I guess <laughs> you can say, um, uh, yes. Jokic. Um, uh, but like he, I don't think he's been bad. I think he's been. Yeah, I, I think as as far as you can guard Jokic, the Jazz have done a really good job. Yeah. The games that have they've had trouble is um uh, not the games that Jokic has gone off. Like I think the Jazz, the, I mean Jokic went eight for eight, right? And like in game five in the first yeah. quarter. And then the they they Nuggets, started hitting them. The Nuggets were up by one after that yeah. quarter. So right. it wasn't until Jamal Murray, uh, Instagram superstar, um, really went ham in the second. You know the the you know the last 15, 16 minutes of the game. Um, the Jazz need to figure out how to really stop that action because uh, you can't really stop both those guys. If uh, in games, if you watch games two through four, um, uh, they they let Jokic, you know, kind of get his, uh, except for what game three, you know, he didn't. But yeah, no, game three they did not. Yeah, but right. yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. And then Murray, I mean, but I mean, that's the it's, dude. I don't know how you stop Murray. <laughs> Rush. <I mean>, yeah. <laughs> like I mean. Do you think Murray's taking the next step, or do you think um, the Jazz defense has been that bad? 
Uh, man, Murray is a special player. He he's a special player. He has he has a lot higher of a basketball IQ than people realize. Um, I definitely think it's possible that he could be taking that next step. You know, into into being that you know one of those premier guards uh, in the league. I, I think that he's at a point where. He can al- he's he's almost at a point where he'll be able to write his own ticket. You know, right. he's al- he's almost at that point. And it's because he's just he he plays a lot more mature than he, you know, than you would think he would for, you know, being what a fourth year player, fifth year, fourth year player. Fourth, I think fourth year, 23 yeah. years old. Right. So, yeah, probably around that. Probably around there. Um uh, Donovan Mitchell, same question. Is he has he made the leap, or is it just because Denver's defense is just atrocious? Oh gosh, I mean, Donovan is shooting. What is he shooting? Almost fifty percent from deep. Uh, yeah. And I don't. And correct me if I'm wrong, but he ain't really known for his shooting. Oh, uh, is you he? know when, when he gets when he gets hot, you I know, know when, like, he's, when he's hot, you can't <laughs> stop him. Right. Um, uh, and and uh, the thing is that a lot of teams, well, after they got the tape from Ricky Donovan, they're like, "All right, you know, we're gonna make him do this." And uh, Donovan, um, uh, in the playoffs, uh, you know, not even just about in the playoffs, he's just been really smart about what shots he takes. He comes right. off the screen and he sees that space, rises, fires. He sees his mid range uh, where he's wide open. He, what we saw uh, this season, which I mean. Again, that was you know nine months ago, but um, uh, right. we saw him shoot a lot of uh, floaters, uh, just yeah. that were our, our low percent of shots for like the first like month. He was hitting him really well, and mm-hmm. we're like, all right, well if it works, it works, and then it stopped working, and we're like, well it's not working anymore. But he kept taking them, and we have not seen <laughs> that Donovan. Yeah. Know, we've seen seen very aggressive, very smart Donovan, and mm-hmm. I think as Jazz fans like they they saw this Donovan in the Oklahoma City Thunder series, you know, they've seen flashes of this Donovan. So it's not, I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm like, oh yeah, this, I, I guess I'm a little surprised because like, I keep thinking we all know his ceiling and then he, he rises like, oh no, his ceiling is way higher. So, yeah. Um, and he just, he has at, at, at a young age, man, Donovan Mitchell, he's, you could tell he's, he's built for success. He kicks it up another notch in the playoffs. And that's that's not something you usually see out of a young guy. Um, but I mean, yeah, he just he can. He has that ability to kick it up the, that extra notch, though. You know what I mean? He, and he can turn it on whenever he wants. Um, I I personally, I really do think that this dude could be like, you know, within a year or two, he could be the best point guard in the league. If um, uh, if the Jazz can win, beat the Nuggets and the Clippers can beat the Mavericks, who do you got, Jazz or Clippers? So <laughs> I still got the Jazz. <laughs> oh, all right, yeah, you and, know, it's here's, not that crazy. Here's why. Yeah, and here's why: the Jazz are scrappy, and the Clippers hate that. They they hate that. This is. People are like, you know, people say this is the toughest defensive team in the league and they got a bunch of hungry guys. But the Clippers don't like you to play rough. They they don't. And honestly, the Jazz have scores. They got people who can put the ball in the hoop. The Clippers 
two of their five starters score over nine points a game. Two of their bench players score are, are, you know, combined for about 36 a game. Right. So, and the, and the thing is, is <clears throat> if Paul George disappears in the playoffs, which he pretty much does every year, Kawhi got to score 50 for them to win. And I just don't see that happening. Uh, Kawhi didn't give up the ball for that kind of crap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. And that's what it, he, he let, uh, who was that? Who we said that to Reggie Jackson. Right, yeah, was right. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing though, right? Like, I mean, these guys, you, 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 uh, I mean, if I'm man, listen, if I'm, if, if I were a betting man, I would still bet on the jazz, uh, to beat to beat the Clippers just because I like, I like what they're I like what they're doing, man. They look they look good. Honest, honest to God, man. The Jazz are a scary team. Um and they don't have they don't have a team full of all stars. They have a team full of guys who know how to play their role very, very well. And yeah, that's I, and that's why they're so that's why they're such a scary team. Because if you notice, think about that Spurs dynasty. Tim Duncan was the face of your franchise, but Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker could give you buckets whenever they needed to. And they they just played really well together. And this Jazz team plays really, really well together. Um, but that's and that's why I would like them in that series. There's no there doesn't. Look at all the rumors about how uh, Rudy and Donovan were supposed to have hated each other, and we you got to trade one or another, and all this other stuff. And they coming back, and they they they're playing incredible. Yeah, and um, uh, hey, you know what? You better watch out. Some there's some jazz fans who are still on that. So um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, and hey, you know what? Those jazz fans need to take a back seat because this is the best thing that y'all got going. You got to <laughs> stick with this. This is a, this is yeah, a solid I, I, outing I, I, for the I, jazz, man. Um, all right, so um, uh, and we're we're about to end here with some Lakers talk. So if you don't want to hear Lakers talk, go ahead and just you know end it now. But AJ, um, <laughs> uh, you know Portland, the the Trailblazers were the hottest team in the bubble, right? In the last eight games, they were the hottest team. And then they come in and they win game one against the Lakers. How do you feel about after that, after game one? Uh, it was funny, man. I, I was mad about game one because I obviously I want that first round sweep so we could have got some rest. Uh, but the thing is, and, and, and I do believe that the Lakers are actually, they're trying to sit out the rest of the season or, or postseason or whatever. But, um, the Lakers, especially coming from watching LeBron over the years, LeBron always uses game one as a filler. Uh, and then after that, he just goes into straight kill kill mode. Um, as you saw from, I think he, because he, I mean, Second game, he he scored like ten points, but he had like a crazy number of assists, you know. And then game three, he dropped. What was that game? I think that was the game he dropped like thirty six and thirty eight minutes. 
he was um uh, LeBron, yeah. This uh, yeah, yeah this Laker team um uh, really showed that I'm um, uh, you know and it was just the play the trailblazers played very nice. Oh, nice to be here. Way to get game one, but um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep, but we're we're, yeah, we're, but, we're here to find it. So yeah, man. Now what I don't like is and what I hope changes in the off season. I just saw a report uh yesterday about actually surrounding Victor Oladipo that uh he could be on the trading block um i wouldn't mind seeing him there but i also know that demar DeRozan is going to be a free agent coming up uh how are you we have money to sign DeRozan? get out of here we got to get somebody that's going to put the ball in the hoop <laughs> other than lebron and ad we need that third person man so i'm wanting some kind of third i, I want a third option don't got to be a star but kuzma is not acting like he wanted he he's he has the talent but he ain't acting like he wants it um so i mean if we're you know i, I it's, to 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 put it lightly uh and this is me speaking as a lakers fan we can't be we can't win a championship without that third option um we we just can't and nobody is shooting and nobody can shoot consistently enough at that third option uh, or for it to be that third option. So I don't think that I think we're built for success, but I don't think we're built for the mountaintop. Um, we're just missing. We're missing that piece. Uh, you know, we're missing that that safety blanket, so to speak. Uh, it's really great to have a bunch of really solid defensive players. But if known three and D guys cannot hit the broadside of a barn, we're having a problem. Yeah. And, um, uh, well, you know, I, I guess what we're, we're going to find out soon, right? Cause, um, uh, playoffs start this weekend. Um, yeah. AJ, I, I want to say something. I, I want to say thank you for coming on. And like, that can't be easy talking about, you know, experiences like that, man. That's, it's like, you know, fearing for your life. I mean, that's just, that, that's scary stuff, man. Um, yeah. uh, thank you for the heavy talk. Thanks for, you know, letting, letting me have something to listen to, you know, just to, you know, broaden my horizons here. Um, and I, I really hope that, I'm, uh, you know, we, we change some lives, change some opinions today. Um, uh, it's always fun yeah. talking basketball, but I think it's more important to talk about real life stuff. Uh, and yeah. I know that maybe the, my, maybe my audience is not really built for that, but if they are cool, <laughs> happy yeah. to have you folks. Man, no, nah, definitely. Uh, Thank you for having me on, man, and just giving me an outlet to speak, you know? Yeah, man. I hope, I hope that was healing for you. <laughs> it, it was, honestly. It really was. Yeah. Um, real quick, so, you know, I got I, you have the Lakers going to the finals in the West. Who are they facing in the East? Man, who are they facing in the East? Uh, Boston. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's Boston. Yeah, Boston, Toronto, and, and Milwaukee, right? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I would say Boston. All right, I'm well, going, I'm going Boston. Gordon Hayward um, uh, might be back by by the finals, so you know, Daddy's always happy. He might, he might, and uh, <laughs> or it could be Toronto, but I really think that Boston is built to take the East. Uh, this is, I mean, uh, you know, I, I, after after a couple of disappointing years, this is you know dismantling the that 76ers team who is a mess, by the way. My God, yeah. Um, oh my gosh, that's that could be a whole episode. 
All right. Um, uh, yeah, like um, uh, you know, in the off season, I'm definitely, like, definitely. Let's let's break that down. So, um, uh, but um, uh, man, um, uh, congratulations on you know. Uh, I know you talked about it, but I want to say congratulations um, uh, on uh, getting engaged. I'm, I'm glad that your surprise went off without a hitch. Well, with with only a small hitch. <laughs> yeah, just a small one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But, um, Thank uh, it's you. Great, but, um, uh, you know, uh, people like getting married, so that, that's a good thing. Um, I am. Uh, uh, I hope you you get, you get some big plans coming up in. Um, uh, for the school year, right? Yeah, yeah. got so some I'm, uh, got some big stuff coming. Yeah, so um, uh, yeah, you take care. You know, stay safe out there. Uh, I hope everything goes well. And uh, again, if you ever need an outlet to talk about stuff, you know, you know, your friends here at the, at Jazz High Notes or uh, hitting the high notes, excuse me, and at Jazz Gals, <laughs> I'm I'm sure I'm uh, I'm sure we'll be happy to have you on again. Oh, absolutely, man. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, thanks for talking, man. Uh, guys, that was AJ. You can follow him at the Fit Pastor. Is that right? Yep. That's it. Yeah, he, he goes to the gym, guys. He talks about it. He's the fit pastor at the Literally. fit pastors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, folks. Uh, thanks for listening, and I uh, I hope um uh, this was a good episode for everybody, and we'll see you guys next time. All right, well, let me add this on the credits here because I'm uh, uh, Jared, Jared Barker, who I'm uh, awakened from his COVID coma. Um, uh, tweets at Aiden poking the bear, saying that he'd rather see the student. <laughs> It's jazz, hey, I right? didn't at him. Hey, um, that's, uh, that's, that's false. Hey, sub tweets are the same thing. Right, exactly. Yo, oh, ooh, ooh, he'd, ooh. he'd rather see jazz rival Houston Rockets <laughs> and uh, win the championship <laughs> for jazz rival the LA Lakers. Jerry Barker. Okay, so my deal, my deal is that I liked that the Lakers they were building something. I liked that, and even though the Lonzo pick didn't seem like it was locking out working out for him. I felt like, you know, the Lakers are going through a real rebuild and they're really committed to these young guys. And then it's like, Oh, LeBron comes in. Okay. Well, that'll help accelerate that rebuild, but at least they're still trying to build something organic. And then LeBron does his LeBron Le GM thing. And he's like, you know, screw these young guys. I got a short window. We're trading for Anthony Davis. And I get it. It was probably the right move. Look at where they're at right now. It's the right move, but it kind of spits in the face of of <laughs> all those young guys. It spits in the face of the fact that I felt like the Lakers were building something to try to last. But what are you going to do? They had to get out of all those nasty contracts because they had some pretty awful contracts, they and they had to they had to build something. But I don't. I'm so sick of the way LeBron handles himself. And just like, just like what, okay, let's look at what happened recently with the meeting. Certain parties seem like they were offended that they didn't get notified beforehand that, oh, we're going to have a, whatever you want to call it, boycott or strike. And then we see all these conflicting reports about certain parties storming out of the meeting. And then, and then we and then we hear we hear information from that camp and the sources they typically feed about the season getting canceled and then no the season gets brought back and and um there was a change or something and I'm like a change what changed what actually changed I don't know but but it just feels like LeBron wants to be the guy who's leading the whole league. And if you don't run something by him first, 
<laughs> then he's gonna squash it. Because I feel um, like. So, Jared, before you before you got on, AJ, before you respond, we want to tell you want to tell Jared what you and I were talking about with the young guys and uh, (laughs) uh, that Argon and and LeBron. (laughs) Man, I (laughs) mean, which talked about um, how the Lakers drafted really well, and instead of um, uh, building up with the young guys on LeBron, they they did, and it's just funny because like we like it was like right before you got on, and we yeah we um, said that we said that exact thing. We we talked about how I mean because they did the Lakers drafted well four years in a row. Yeah, it felt like they were really building something, and and I guess you know going all in and and getting better back to a prominent level is a great thing, but it it feels like yeah, just if they keep drafting well, then they'll be in a good spot. But I don't know, man. LeBron. <laughs> I, I'm just kind of I'm just kind of sick of the the LeBron thing, man. <laughs> it's not even it. Lakers hate at this point. It's just like it's LeBron hate. Cause like I, I right, gained AJ, a lot of respect for him winning those titles in Miami. Oh yeah, I should let AJ respond. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's okay. Wait, real quick. Is this is this recorded right now? ABR always be recording. All right, cool. So uh, here's a, here's a sound bite for you. Um, and this sound bite goes to uh, Emily Wilson um, because she's the biggest Laker hater. I know. Uh, I don't, I don't really mean this, but uh, I hope her. Uh, you hope she, she listens. I hope she listens. I don't really mean this, but I hope she listens. I hope Joe Ingles breaks his ankle. Now, um, I don't mean that, but I know that'll piss her off. So, um, uh, and and but no, honestly, shout out to Emily though because I said I wanted to collect a jersey from every team in the NBA, and she sent me her old Gordon Hayward jersey because uh, she hates Gordon Hayward. Um, that that's that's really nice of her. That's great. That was very nice of her. She's the biggest Laker hater I know. Now, I will say this: Do I like how LeBron is treated? No, but do I like it because he's on my team? Yes. <laughs> like, there's a there's a healthy balance. Um, I do think that the I mean, but the thing is, is the league has that one player every generation that they just a hundred percent cater to, um, you know, That's true. Uh, they That's got that one true. that they have those one to two players that they just a hundred percent cater to, yep. you know, I mean, you saw it with, with Jordan, uh, how many players are going to get the last, a last dance documentary. Oh, and guy, and it's supposed to be about the team, but they literally cover from Jordan's first year in the league. Until he decided, if Phil Jackson don't coach, I'm not playing. Right? Like, I mean, they they cut like it's you know Jordan. He getting that treatment even after, um, after he was out. Right? So he yeah. got that treatment in the league. He got the treatment out the league. Kobe, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. He got that treatment in the league, even though he was hated a lot. But he got that treatment clear up until. Bron took over as the best player in the world back in like 2011, 2010. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then it was Braun. Braun was that dude. Steph Curry, the current golden boy. But his run is almost up because Zion is is they wanted Zion and LeBron so bad in the first round that they made a play in <laughs> game for the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I know. 
Yeah, you know? it, it looks like it's going to be Zion and definitely not Luca, And I'm kind of happy about that because I feel like <laughs> Luca's fanboys are getting super annoying. Yeah, I will say, though, man. No, Luka, no, Luca's Luka fine. Is a I don't have a problem man. with Luca. Oh, yeah, he is. Luka I don't have a problem a with Luca in man. general. His fanboys, though, are super annoying. They they are they they're almost as bad as Russell Westbrook fanboys. I won't I won't I won't go there because I can go I can go hours about Russ fans. And the thing is, is like Russell Westbrook and Damian Lillard are my two favorite players in the NBA. It, it it's terrible when when players have a fan base that you just hate. Yeah, but it's like and right, I've, AJ. I've, when we go five days a week, I'm, uh, you can have one day just for yourself. How about that? <laughs> Listen, man, you <laughs> if you you give me a you give me one day, uh, y'all won't have any listeners no more. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be raw and uncut, and I'm gonna let everybody know how I feel. Um, I will say this though, man, it is I understand the Laker hate. It's it's it sucks, man, when you gotta watch a team be great for so long. Um, I mean, when you watch just greatness year Honestly, after year, after I feel year like is crazy. I have so much more appreciation for those Kobe years in retrospect, though. Just oh like, especially, yeah, spe- especially just because you know we we had to, we as a as a basketball fans had to lose this guy who was an icon because he, I mean, Kobe. I got to see young Kobe, and then I got to see Kobe retire. And it's just like mm-hmm. the the wisdom and knowledge that he was dropping on people in retirement. I just felt like, man, this this guy, he's a real dude, man. He was real. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and sure, he was about his brand or whatever. But who wouldn't be if they're in that situation? And who wouldn't have an ego when, the, I mean, man, dude was a stone cold killer on the court. He just was. <laughs> he just um, was. was. AJ. Yeah. Um, uh, again, uh, now we're, now we're getting to Laker talk and nobody's listening anymore. So, um, uh, uh, I don't know if we keep it more Kobe focused, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, again, um, Jared, thanks for, thanks for joining us an hour later. Um, yeah, and, and, and bringing up your, um, uh, you know, bringing up the Rockets and the Lakers. So definitely people have stopped listening. Um, uh, I want to thank AJ again for, um, uh, staying post credits and talking basketball because this is fun and it, I, I know you know it sucks that sports is our escape and you know this is you know this podcast is kind of an escape for people you know while they're driving and maybe for the weekend or whatever but hopefully i'm uh not only was it an escape but it was a learning experience and jared you're gonna love this episode when you listen to it so <laughs> uh and aj um uh, jared we'll see you guys again yeah, yeah it's a pleasure gentlemen always mm-hmm.